1: I just
0: slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now here are the hosts of Hope Net Radio, Jeff and Dave. That's right, it's HopeNet Radio tonight. Jeff and DW in
1: studio with you. Join us on the conversation, won't you? You can email us anytime on the show at hope at hopenet 360com Also get on Facebook and Twitter, and you can message us there. Let us know your thoughts tonight. We're going to take this month and focus on what it really means to be successful in 2014. And first off, I want to be one of the first ones to wish you a happy new year. And 2013 was maybe a really good year for you. Maybe 2013 was a very hard year for you. This is a brand new year. You've got a clean slate. And so tonight we want to help to kick your new year into gear and to help you be successful in 2014. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about how to have a focus that's going to be, it's going to help you with those resolutions. Join us on the conversation tonight at hope at hopenet360.com. Jump over to our website too, hopenet360.com is where it's at. So Dave, going into this new year, it's 2014. You know, the old is is now gone. 2013 is now old. And it seems like it was just yesterday, but how are things with you? How are you feeling about this new year?
2: You know, it's pretty interesting. I'm an older guy, uh, 57 years old right now. And I remember as a young man looking at uh, the calendar thinking in the year 2000, if we're still around, I thought, you know what, there's going to be like Jetsons everywhere. We're going to be flying cars. And I just didn't think we'd ever get past 2000. I thought that was like this huge number to be at 2013 and now 2014. I'm going, oh, man, this is like way beyond anything I ever imagined. So I know all the young people are listening to me going, what an old guy this is. But my whole generation felt that way. We felt that the year 2000 was like, if you remember, you guys probably have to read about it, but uh, back mm-hmm. in the year 2000, we bought all kinds of stuff thinking the world was going to you know, collapse all of a sudden mm-hmm. because that was our mentality from the time we were young. Uh, we, we constantly thought about that year and now we're uh, 14 years beyond that. So I love the the change of the year, Jeff. I just love it because I think it gives us a chance to look back and forward at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to do that to be healthy. I think we have to look back and say, you know what? In the year 2013, there were some things that did not work well. You know what I mean? We have, to, we have to look at it and be honest. Mm-hmm. And then we get to look forward and say, in the year 2014, if I don't do anything different, i 'm going to have a disaster in fourteen that I had in thirteen in those areas, and so we get a chance to start almost with a clean slate. i know it 's not really a clean slate, mm-hmm. but it 's kind of a clean slate if, if that makes sense to our listeners so i w- I would just like to encourage our listeners think of of this time now as looking backwards at what didn 't work and then actually being intentional about what we could do in two hundred and fourteen to make this a great year
1: mm-hmm. yeah and this this month, we really do want to focus on being a part of a different agenda, what things are on our agenda to do and how we accomplish those things. And you've got to focus on yourself. You've got to focus on your career. You've got to focus on your, maybe you're feeling like you have to build up your reputation, have the right connections, you know, all those things. If you're a student, you know, it's getting the good grades.
2: Something that I see so often through the years here at Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolet Bible Institute where young people would come in and they've made things so complicated, a change so complicated. For example, you talked about school, getting grades. That's very important, obviously, to get good grades. But what happens is a lot of times we focus on the grade and that becomes the ultimate end. For example, we, we think, oh man, I need to get an A. And so we would, we would cheat. We would, we would do whatever we need to to get it because we think the grade is what matters. There's something that you could do that will cause you to get a good grade and actually cause you to learn. And, and it's not about the grade. It's really about learning. And if you learn, you'll get the grade. It's a matter of adjusting our mind frame a little bit. It's kind of like the um, fruit of a tree. If I have a an apple tree, one of the things I want to do is, is make sure that it has all the nutrients it needs and absorbs all the stuff it needs. And eventually it gets fruit. I don't start pulling stuff out of the leaves to try and get apples out of it or anything. I don't, I don't try and force the apples. I, I do what causes the apples. And I really think in the year 2014, if our listeners will think and say, okay, last year this didn't go well, my, maybe they'll say, you know what, last year I didn't have any friends and I, I want to be one who has more friends. Well, what is it then? That causes us to have friends. What do we need to do in order to have more friends besides to stand there and say, I want someone to walk over to me and say, I'm your best buddy. And I think if we would focus on the, the cause part of it, I, I think in the long run, you'll see that the fruit will take care of itself. And we just look at the wrong end sometimes and, and we don't work on the right thing.
1: On this show, we talk about the fact that conversations save lives. And so what we mean by that is that by opening up the conversation and talking about these things, our hope is that you as parents or as young people will start to talk to your friends or talk to your parents about some of these things and open up the door for conversation. Um, What we find a lot of times is that people are disconnected these days. And Dave, we talk about how community, it seems like there's – there's just less community that goes on. People tend to be more fragmented in their relationships. They'll restrict them to just Facebook or just a text or maybe an Instagram picture. And so the value of a relationship is either gone way skyrocketed or it's dropped in your life. And so by talking about some of these things, the struggles that we face, we hope that we can open up the door for conversation.
2: Not only that, but but if, if people sitting around tonight are thinking uh, they're sitting with family or friends, why don't you, at the end of the program, just stop and say, hey, what about last year wasn't all that cool? And and what do you want to do different this year? And start just having a dialogue about it and and realize everybody's the same. Not everybody had a great 2013. Every one of us you know, could look back and say, boy, this didn't work or that didn't work. This stunk. Let's talk to people and say, hey, I don't want that to keep going on. I want it to be different in 2014 and see if you can't get a dialogue going. And if you don't have someone to talk to about that, Contact us. We'll talk to you about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you can email us at hope at hopenet360.com or connect on Facebook. Go and like our page, Hopenet360 is our name. Just search for us or go to our website, hopenet360.com. There's a short link at the bottom of the page to help you to like our page right away. And you can join this conversation tonight. I think it's important, Dave, to realize that anytime you're trying to make a change in life, There always comes a point where you start to look at what you're doing and you have to – one thing that helps me to, to visualize how I'm going to get from A to B is to actually list out the things that I'm doing. And kind of figure out if what I'm doing is actually lining up with the goals that it's it's set out to do. If we don't change, if we do the same things and we expect a different result, what that really boils down to is insanity. It doesn't change anything. It just makes us think that we're going to change. And unfortunately, if we don't change maybe some of the habits that we do, if we don't make some changes in sometimes the people that we hang out with, even our our beliefs about who we are and ourselves, if we don't change some of those things – then nothing is really going to change in the long run in this whole new year of 2014. Yeah. So we want to help you to do that tonight.
2: Do you, do you think though, Jeff, that that the normal young person listening to us today is actually setting any goals for next year?
1: I don't know in a general sense if I can say they're you know either they are or they aren't. But I think that some of our young people and this was how I was, there were things that I set goals for for myself and there were other areas of my life that I didn't set goals for and I had to realize that there were things that I probably should have set goals for because my goals as a young person was I wanted to be a good soccer player. you know, I wanted to be a good drummer for my worship team at my youth group, and there were always those things that I wanted to get better at. I also wanted to be a better leader in my youth group, so that having that devotional time or the understanding of God's Word um, was also something that sometimes I struggled to set goals at, but I knew I needed to do that. And so whether it was reading through the New Testament or reading through the Old Testament or getting through just a book, uh, it was really important for me to set some kind of goals. And that was actually an area that I really did struggle in. And I think a lot of young people do. So some young people will set benchmarks like they want to bench so many pounds on the, the weightlifting or they want to um, beat their record in a, in a mile run kind of a thing. So it, it just depends on every single person. There are some who just like we've talked about, just sit on the couch and they let moments just pass right by and pass right by. And they don't take advantage of those moments and set goals,
2: and I think conversations you know really not only save lives but change lives i I really think that what we need to be able to do is recognize if I'm one that that is not really driven for two thousand and fourteen, I have no goals or whatever, maybe I need to just talk to somebody older and say, "Hey, you know I'm a senior in high school what should i be what should I be looking forward to here?" You know, And start getting on track with the idea that there's somewhere you should go mm-hmm. instead of just going with whatever flow is out there. And I think that's very important.
1: All right. Good stuff to think about. We're going to take a break and go to some music. And we'll pick up this conversation and talk more about having a kingdom agenda when we come back here on
0: HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
1: Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Glad that you've joined us tonight. Make sure to get connected on the show tonight. We're chatting about setting course for 2014. And if this is one of the first times you've heard it, I just want to wish you a happy new year again from all of us at HopeNet 360. It's so good to be here in the new year with you. And we want to help you to be successful, as successful as not only you have for yourself, but as successful as what God sees for you this year. So you can join the conversation. Email us anytime on the show or on the podcast at hope at hopenet360.com or get on Facebook, and on Twitter, go to hopenet360 on either one of those and you'll be able to chat with us tonight. We're talking about having a kingdom agenda and we talk about the duality of man. We talk about how there's... This struggle for good and evil, we talk about there's this struggle inside of us and we want to talk a little bit about personal, kind of personal things that are going on in our heart, in our mind that can hold us back from our interactions with other people, what goes on inside, what goes on in our heart really does determine the course that we go in our life, and so we want to talk about how to have the right focus in this new year, and we're going to open up this conversation for the whole month of January, so we're, we're going to start here, and um, one of the things, Dave, that I think is so important is to recognize where, kind of where the root of our struggles come in. And I know you have some really good perspectives on this. I was reading in 1 John the other day, and I, I just – I came across this passage, 1 John two fifteen to 17, talks about kind of where all the root of, of our sin problem comes from. And I'll, I just want to read it because I think it's important to set this up and, uh, and to kind of understand it. I think one of the things that hurts us as people and as a society is our struggle with selfishness. Selfishness really at the root – That is the problem that's within us. That's what the sinful nature is all about. It's getting our focus on self. Here's what John the writer says about our struggle with sin. And it comes from these three things. So 1 John 2 verse 15 says this, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is this, it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And this world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever." And that's First John two fifteen to seventeen, and those three things, Dave: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We got to help our listeners understand what these things mean, and oh, I man. love your insight on this.
2: Yeah, you know what's really important is to see what God says, not not hear what Jeff says or Dave says or HopeNet three six or anything else, but but hopefully to really hear how God says it, what He says, and why. And, and that's what's thrilling because God wants to make us successful. He really does. He He's a loving Father, and He wants us to be all that we can be. Imagine, imagine God creating us, creating me, and and while He's creating me, understanding all of the wonders and the potential that that He gave me for a life that's fulfilling. Now, here's the deal. When you look at this verse that don't love the world or the things of the world, if anyone loves the world, love of the Father is not in him. There seems to be a division here of thought. In other words, there's two kingdoms. There's two worlds. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a world without God, and there's a world with God. And and for our discussion's sake, I just want to call those kingdoms. And And I think the Bible calls them kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God, and there's the kingdom of this world. The kingdom of God is... Ruled by the king. The kingdom of this world is ruled by the prince of the power of the air, or Satan. Mm-hmm. And one's a prince, one's a king. But but what's interesting is they, they work differently, and we've talked about this. The prince, the prince of the power of the air, Satan loves to work by getting our bodies to control our minds. Where God works with the mind controlling the body, and that's different. What you see here says don't love the world. What, what, what are the things of the world anyway? When it says, Jeff, the things of the world, what are the things of the world?
1: Well, it's anything that's here in this world that has any sort of semblance of – God, it's a symptom that we all struggle with because there are a lot of things in this world that are attractive. We just had Christmas, and if you have not realized how consumer-driven our society is, just try to visit a mall around the Christmas season when people are going to the mall and they're shopping and trying to get all the good deals, and they're fighting for parking spaces and they're beating people up in Walmart's, and it, it, it becomes a real animal kind of thinking. It's it's amazing how uh, we can really be this kind of culture that's so. Focused on the things of this world and the possessions and stuff that's going to break in maybe five years. I mean, you look at you look at things like a vacuum cleaner. You look at a thing like a car. And how often do you have to have those things repaired or worked on? I don't know if you own a Kirby or any of those things, but sometimes we settle for the the knockoffs in life and we buy things that are just they're cheap and eventually they just break and you have to go and either replace them or you have to go get them fixed. And those are the things of this world, the things that continually break down that just don't last. What John says here, the world is passing away, and it may be five years, it may be ten years, it may be fifty years that that thing breaks, or that thing finally breathes its last breath if you're on a car, if your car lasts more than ten years these days it's it's amazing you get to that milestone uh because of the way that things are built in this this world, our humanity, all of it we just see it's broken, and it's because The things of this world are not made to last. There's a problem in this world and we know that is the sin nature and that has brought in death. And so when we focus on all these things, we focus on the stuff, we focus on the new PS4, we focus on the new Xbox, we focus on the new – Whatever your thing is, your sound system or your television or the makeup or whatever it is that you focus on that's of this world, that's what John's talking about here is that we have to let go of the things of this world in order to find out what God has for our lives and the perfect will that he has for our lives.
2: Yeah, you know, things are always more appealing when you don't have them. And when you don't have them, you're you're thinking constantly about, I wish I had it, I wish I had it. And and what happens is you become – Somebody who can't even function, right? Because we weren't made to love things. We were made to love people mm-hmm. and we were made to love God. Right. And when we start looking at a world and trying to find satisfaction in things that God says, you can't. It, here's the deal, Jeff. It's not that God didn't create the world for us to enjoy, but he didn't create this world for us to enjoy without him. Right. See, so it's one of those things. It, it, we need to get the order straight. And in the kingdom, in God's kingdom, it is about loving God. And when we love him, when we spend time with him and we're intentional about that, then he allows us to enjoy some of the other stuff that he has made, like marriage and food and to a different level. And But when we want to exclude God and we want to find satisfaction in food and marriage and, and, and money, we're lost because we weren't meant to do that. Weist has a, a translation. You remember the Bible's not written in English for those listening it, it was written in another language and, and Wiest uh, writes it this way, he says, Stop considering the world precious with the result that you love it. I mean that's how he would put it. Mm-hmm. Stop considering a godlessness precious and don't love that because that's going nowhere.
1: Yeah, the first point that John makes, and we're going we're to have to dive a little bit deeper in this in our upcoming segments here on the show, but to talk about the lust of the flesh. And have you ever heard of... A man by the name of John Stott. Oh, yeah. He's written some incredible commentaries and he's just a very heady guy. guy. Uh, The loss of the flesh. In one of these commentaries that I was reading um, that he's quoted in talks about this loss of the flesh. It's the flesh that not only becomes the basis for rebellion against God and for despising his law, but it also connotes that it's the materialistic, egocentric, exploitative and selfish. And it's the root of racism. It's the root of sexism. It's the love of injustice. It's despising the poor. It's neglecting the weak and the helpless and every unrighteous practice. And when I read that, it just it floored me because the things that we desire of our flesh, when we try to gratify ourselves, we try to fulfill our own needs. We try to fulfill the things that we want in our life. And we're even in some ways just talking about the sexual nature that we have. It's the – when we get focused on ourselves, it's the root of racism. It's the root of sexism. It's the love of injustice. It's despising the poor. I mean, look at those things. Those are all things in our society that we're trying to fix. We're trying to create movements around. We're trying to create some different causes or whatever. And it's, it's interesting. The only way to address this is by understanding what the root of it is. And it's the lust of the flesh. And I don't know about you, Dave, but if you've ever tried to get rid of your flesh, your fleshly desires yourself, it's like you're fighting this impossible battle, this uphill battle the entire way. And uh, we're going to have to discuss this a little bit more on upcoming segments here on the show. So keep it locked in on HopeNet Radio here tonight. We're connecting
0: parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. So glad
1: that you've joined us tonight. Jeff and DW tonight, we're chatting about our kingdom agenda. And this is a new year. Happy New Year to you. Glad that you are with us in this new year. And lots of good things to talk about. Lots of vision, Dave. And we want to help set some of the foundation for what we're going to talk about This month, but also in this year to help you to be the most successful person that you can be and not necessarily for yourself or your workplace, even though those things are important, but we feel like the things that we're talking about today kind of set the foundation for living a successful life completely and understanding where the struggles do come in because Dave on this show. We talk about how conversations save lives. And so if you are going through a difficult time tonight while you're listening to us or any time during the week, there's always a live coach that you can chat with and talk to about struggles that you're dealing with and get some perspective on life. You can go to hopenet 360com click on the Chat with a Live Coach button, and you'll be able to chat with a live coach about whatever it is. Our partners at GroundWire are there and willing, and the coaches there are fantastic. And uh, we don't have to tell you that. I just hope that tonight you know That no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you're going through, that there is someone that's willing to talk with you and that you're never alone in the struggles you're with. So, Dave, as we talk about some of these things, we're chatting from 1 John 2. That's kind of our passage for tonight. So as we got to talking, we talked about the lust of the flesh. And the lust of the flesh is the root of racism. It's the root of sexism. It's the root of injustice, the love of injustice despising the poor, neglecting the weak and the helpless, and every unrighteous practice. And I picked this up. That was a quote that was attributed to John Stott, who has some pretty awesome commentaries out there, if I do say so myself. But it's just amazing how the things that we try to fill our lives with, it can be money, it can be our job, our status, it can be stepping out to somebody else. When we start to focus on ourselves, our flesh, and fulfilling those needs, we really start to... Interrupt other people's lives, really start to affect other people 's lives.
2: you know what we we are so habitually in love with ourselves i mean we are we, we so much want to just take care of us in, in the bible uh, there's another story that we've talked about and it, it has to do with Esau Esau at one point historically it's found in genesis chapter twenty five he was the guy that was supposed to have a birthright. In other words, he's going to get an inheritance from his family. He was the older brother. Only he sold it for a bowl of porridge. Now, porridge is like oatmeal or something. And and basically, what, what he did one day is he came in from the field, and in verse 32 of chapter 25, it says, Esau said, I'm about to die. Of what youth is my birthright to me? And he sold it to his younger brother. What's really interesting there to me is the fact that Esau was willing to... Give up the good of the future for the urges of this moment and and I think that 's what 's being talked about in the book of john that we 've been talking about it's it's there 's this moment called the world there 's this moment that that attracts us the idea of, of urges and desires, and we start looking at only our flesh and what will please it rather than thinking about somebody else and thinking about the future now what 's interesting there. Uh, to me, is is the whole idea of lust. I think it's a a cousin of coveting in a way. I, I, I'm not sure, but they're they're very similar. You you look at something you don't have, and you want it, but you want it not for the good of that person or even the good of the thing. You want it for the good of yourself, and you're willing to use it up. I I, I just want our listeners to think about this. I realized this about me many years ago, when I lust, when I covet. Basically, what I am saying is I want to use whatever that is for me. I do not care about that person or I do not care about that thing. I just want to use it. If I use it up, I don't care because I'm the only one that matters. And, and when I realized that, I thought, wow, I am an idiot. You know, I mean, I, I can actually hurt somebody. I can actually take something from somebody, do something that will actually hurt them. And I thought, I've got to confess that. And, and what's interesting is, again, it, it was the way that God could show me that, Dave, look, you may be a church-going kid. You may be somebody who is able to look really good on the outside. But, but really, you are willing to live a life where you will use and hurt people for your own pleasure. You're willing to be a porridge person. You're willing to be one of those like Esau who would, who would just sell everything for that momentary pleasure and don't really care about the future. And, and that's really what I, I want our, our listeners to think about a little bit. And the idea of uh, that's not the kingdom of, this, of God. That's the kingdom of this world. And it doesn't work.
1: Yeah. And it's really the source of our freedom because as soon as you want to make that change, you realize that, oh man, I've done it again. I've I've bought into the cheap way of living and I've decided to let go of my moral, my principle, you know, really what it comes down to for Esau is he he saw an opportunity. Maybe he was really hungry and he was like, you know what, that, that birthright, that thing, that's way far off. And for me, I might not, if I don't eat something right now, I'm going to die and it's not even going to matter what happens in the future. And so he got focused on his on himself, he got focused on what he wanted. And how often does that happen in our own lives? And we all battle this thing called the flesh. We all battle we want for ourselves What we want, we'll push people down. We'll push people aside. We'll ignore people. We'll we'll exclude them for our group because it doesn't fit what I want. It doesn't fit, you know, maybe my reputation or all of that. And we're gonna get more into that as Dave, as we talk about. I think we've talked about the flesh. We've we really hit this. It's the root of racism. It's the root of sexism. It's the love of injustice. You know, that's when we start fulfilling our own pleasures. That's what we get.
2: And it's not the world you want to live in. You you do not want to live in a world. Where people are all about themselves, and that's why the kingdom world is is something we have to understand.
1: But again, it's something that every single one of us will struggle with because we realize I don't want to treat people like that, but I ended up treating them like that anyway, and I don't know how to change that. And so, when you realize that it's it's a result of loving our flesh, then you can begin to to recognize that you can't do it without God. The second thing that John talks about is the lust of the eyes. And that could be sexual lust. It could be anything that entices the eyes. It could be that brand new sleek television that's that flat screen up there. And I, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a guy. And when I see something that's like that or, or a, a new, you know, let's let's go with a new car today, maybe a Ferrari or Porsche or something, something that just is something that's so attractive when it just drives through and you're like, you kind of become gaga over it. it. It's just, it's amazing. But it's so interesting how us guys are wired. We're wired to see things visually, to see beauty Visually. And John Stott has this other quote that I I just I pulled up because it was fantastic. But really what the lust of the eyes comes down to, it's the love of beauty divorced from the love of goodness. Isn't
2: that deep? Yeah. And that's exactly what we're talking about. I I so desire that porridge now that, that I don't really care about what it means to anybody else or the future. And and we're all guilty of that. We, we have to see that we can break out of that because that will destroy us. It, it grabs us and it's hard to get rid of it, but it will destroy us. But we can get out of that. We
1: can. And for us guys and girls are are different. They're more emotionally based and, uh, and their struggles a little bit different from guys, but us guys, we, we are wired to recognize beauty. And the unfortunate thing is that we can objectify those things and we can in some way disconnect the good, part of it you know let's just let's talk about guys and how we perceive the opposite sex and how we recognize beauty we can be led by lust and we can be led by our own again it's our fleshly desire that you look at a woman and you're like wow she's beautiful but it's not for all the right reasons it's for all the wrong reasons and you have to check where your eyes go but the lust of our eyes You know, it just, they lead us in a certain direction that, man, sometimes we look at it and we're like, man, I'm so pig headed. I can't believe that I fell for that again. And that's, again, we're talking in some way about the epidemic with pornography among guys, not only outside the church, but also in the church. Uh, There are many who do struggle with pornography still. It affects guys from every single genre, every single profession, every single status and it's just it's interesting how god has wired us but when those things go defunct when they start to default on how we're wired we begin to see the ugly side of it and that's where we objectify those things and again we have to understand that the lust of the eyes the things that we see are so important the things that we look at the things that we watch especially for us guys but even for for the girls for the ladies out there it's so important to realize that we can be led astray just by our eyes and what we see and um, Dave, we gotta, we're going to take a little break here, but this is such a deep conversation. We would love to hear your thoughts on it. If you've ever read First John or if this is new to you, and if you have some comments to share with us, email us at hope at hopenet360.com during the music here or on the podcast. Also jump on Facebook and Twitter at hopenet360 and let us know what your thoughts are too. We're going to take a break here play some music. You've
0: got it locked in to Hopenet
1: Radio tonight.
0: Feel like nobody cares? We do. Hopenet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at Hopenet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey,
1: welcome back to the second half of HopeNet Radio. We're glad that you joined us tonight. Happy New Year. It is 2014. It's hard to believe that, Dave. Dave, Jeff, here in studio with you tonight. And you can connect, get in on the conversation tonight at hope at hopenet360.com is our email. And you can also jump on Facebook and Twitter at hopenet360. If you're just jumping in tonight and you're just joining us on the conversation, we've been talking about ways to live a successful new year. And it's a brand new year. Sometimes we look at it, I don't know if it always seems this way, but you can say that this is a a new clean slate for you. That 2013, you can look back and, and list all the things that, you thought were successful for you and you also think of things that Man, those were just disappointments. Those things did not come through. And so we want to help you to kick off your new year right. If you're going through some hard times right now, if there's a difficulty going on, maybe in your family or you just need to talk to somebody, there's a live coach waiting to chat with you tonight. Just visit Hopenet360.com and click on the Talk to a Live Coach button and they'll be glad to connect with you and give you some perspective and just listen to your story. And tonight it's just important to know that whether this is a brand new slate for you or there are things that are carrying over into the new year for you you that are affecting you, that you're not alone. And the struggles that you're facing in life are never hopeless, that there is a hope that's greater than this world knows. And it's found in God. It's found in a relationship with Jesus. And so we're talking about these things tonight, how to have a kingdom focus. Because again, in our life, we realize, Dave, that you can be so focused on yourself. We just went through Christmas. We just saw evidence again of not only receiving stuff but then the day after Christmas is that big shopping day to return all the stuff that you didn't want to get or maybe you got duplicates yeah. of or all of that and yeah. we're we're so focused on the stuff that we get. And we're looking at first John two verses fifteen to seventeen talks about these three things that the the root of sin, the root of the things that are of this world are the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And so we're talking about these things, kind of defining what they mean, the struggles that we're going through that carry over maybe from the, the old year, 2013 into 2014, that they're rooted in things, habits. If we don't deal with what's going on internally, we can't expect our, our external things to change at all, really.
2: Yeah, you know, one of our favorite words, Jeff, and on the program has been intentionality. If you want to have something different in life, you need to be intentional about it. And uh, one of the things is is to recognize that the way of the world, the way that, that godlessness is portrayed and the and the way that godless people live is never going to satisfy us. In fact, so many times we are disappointed when we do not think of uh, and evaluate what's really happening. Jeff, did you ever get uh, anything in life that, that you really looked forward to, you really wanted, you, you either bought it or got given to us? Yeah, to you, and then it was so disappointing. Just a little while afterwards, that you thought, "Why did I even care about this?"
1: <laughs> well, one of those things that us guys really get into in this day and age was video games. I remember getting when when I was, I think it was ten years old for my birthday, actually, and it's coming up at the end of this month, but. you know, that doesn't really matter. You can give me a gift if you want to, um, getting a new, a a new video game. I got a Nintendo when I was 10 and I played this, this game that I got for, you know, pretty much a couple of days and beat it. And, uh, it was one of those things that I just, I worked hard to, to beat it. And then I got to the end of it and I'm like, okay, that was good. (laughs) But it it just, it didn't, it didn't satisfy me. You know, it wasn't something that really stuck with me. I don't play that game today. So,
2: yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. When I was just a boy, I can remember this. I wanted so desperately for Christmas one year to have a a uh, garage, uh, like a, a garage that you would work on cars in, like a mechanical garage. Mm-hmm. And they had these that, that were like made out of tin, and and my dad had to put it together. So I think he was up all night throwing things around the room. Uh, because it was one of those with all these little tabs, and you had to put it together. And, and and Christmas morning, I got this garage that I could pull cars into and work on them and that kind of thing. You know, just little in the house. Are you but, talking
1: like Hot Wheels cars?
2: Yeah, like Hot Wheels cars in a garage like that. And and you know what's interesting? I played with that thing for about ten minutes. That was it. And and before Christmas, I was possessed by this thing, thinking my life will be different. It will be so good when I get this garage. And, and I have seen that in so many ways in my life uh, throughout the years where you, you tend to focus on what you don't have mm-hmm. and think, if I had what I don't have. I, I really think that the idea of the lust of the flesh, the, the, the lust of the, the eyes and the pride of life, I, I think a lot of you can almost summarize that as a lack of contentment with where you're at. Mm-hmm. You're looking at something that somebody else is saying, this delivers And then when you get it delivered, you're disappointed. God doesn't do that, man. The world does that. And I think we need to start recognizing that we have total capability of that. Even to this day, you know, Jeff, to this day, I do not evaluate things right. I will buy something really cheap and think that, oh, man, this is good. It'll work out really well for me. And it never does. I'm sure you don't do that. But, you know, to this day, I do that. And it drives me crazy.
1: What's one of the cheapest things you bought just to fulfill a need
2: you had? Uh, shoes. I mean, I'll go out there and I hate spending money on shoes. And you know what? Then I get mad at these stupid shoes. I get plantar fasciitis. My feet hurt. They sweat. I ruin the shoes in a, in a short matter. You know, finally last year, my, my wife's very funny because she'll see me pick up something really, you know, quality and put it right back down and then go over to the cheap section and buy something. I think, well, I could get by with these. Well, last year at Christmas, she bought me a um, a pair of really good shoes. And I'm telling you, I never wore a pair of really good shoes. I love these things. Mm-hmm. And and I, after a year now, they're still not worn out. I'm still wearing them. I'm thinking, hey, this might have been a better deal. See, and, and I think that's what we have to think of. we're kingdom thinkers. God says, look, the way that I'm proposing to you is the way that it's meant to be. Yep. It, it is built right. Life can be built right. But you got to let me do it. It's a little slower. It'll take a little longer to realize the effect but but trust me, it is worth it in the long run. And, and I think my, my shoe thing reminds me of that actually.
1: I think what you bring up there, Dave, is a really good point. It's something that we should probably think about this year is to ask the question, what am I going to do this year that's going to last? You know, And what am I going to buy into that's going to last? And you talk about shoes. Every single pair of shoes, Dave, you eventually are going to wear out. And when I was a kid it was every single it was every year at least I got a new pair of shoes I had to get a new pair of casual shoes and I had to get a new pair of athletic shoes for my gym class because both of those would wear out by the, the time I started the next year or I just grew out of them I mean that's that's a common problem that us kids have but when you buy things that are are cheap knockoffs for me it was you know I didn't have all of the stuff. I, I had enough to get by and and I'm thankful for my parents. I'm thankful that they were able to provide for my needs to be able to buy some shoes. They may not have been the brand new athletic shoes that you see and, and kids wearing all the time, but they were shoes. And for me when I was growing up and I was playing soccer, sometimes we'd buy soccer cleats that were a little bit of the knockoffs or They were ones that people had worn before, and it was like every single season I had to get new soccer cleats. And when I finally got to high school and my feet stopped growing, I got some nicer soccer cleats. And I I can remember that for a couple of seasons I wore the same cleats. Now, for me, that was a big deal because I usually wore the same set of soccer cleats for one year, and then by that they were all done. And so when I finally got the newer ones, they lasted a couple of seasons. That was nice because I realized, wow, it you know sometimes when we don't settle for the cheap things in life, and again, the soccer shoes eventually wore out. But when we start focusing on the things that have more of an eternal value than to have a singular or just a short-term value, kind of like the porridge people we were talking about, it's going to change how we look at life and it's going to impact the decisions we
2: make. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life that are the cheap things. Those are the cheap yeah. things. And we need to understand that and and get away from that and start moving towards the things that will last the way we're meant to be.
1: Yeah, so we want to know, have you ever bought something that you found out was really super cheap? Or have you ever bought some of the knockoff things and they left you disappointed? I'd actually like to know if you've ever bought a knockoff brand of something or a knockoff brand of something else in life, and it actually lasted longer than six months. We'd love to hear from you. Email us on the show, hope at hopenet360.com, or get on Facebook and let us know that way. We're going to take a quick break here and play some music. You've got it locked into to HopeNet Radio tonight.
0: If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at hopenet360.com. This is Hope Net Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
1: Hey, welcome back to Hope Net Radio. Jeff and DW with you. Connect with us on the show, hope at hopenet360.com is our email. You can share your thoughts and comments with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can also connect on Facebook and Twitter tonight. Our topic tonight and this month is focusing on having a kingdom agenda. And there are so many different ways to live. If you've ever seen that random Oprah clip where there was a there was a conversation that happened on her show and this is not a plug for Oprah, but there was a a gal in the crowd who said there's you know Oprah made the claim: There's different ways to God. There's different ways to heaven, or whatever you want to call it. And this gal shot up and said, "Well, what about Jesus?" And so we're trying to help you narrow down your focus a little bit more on some foundational things that are going to help you to be successful in life. And we know, Dave, that there is only one way to God. It's through Jesus. Right. We're not saying there are. There's one career that's for you. We're not saying there's one. There's not one way to live for God that you have to be a pastor or a minister. Sometimes we think that being a Christian or being somebody. Who Who's really devoted to God is just a pastor or a priest. Dave, and you're a great example of this, that you're not really a pastor or a priest per se, uh, but you're somebody who I believe is making disciples for the the kingdom of God, not by your own doing, but just by being in the right position, that God is using you in your day-to-day life and to impact young people, to impact older people, people who are mature in life. And so that's our conversation tonight is kind of to help focus on some of these baseline things. And we've been looking at First John 2 a little bit, and I want to pull up Proverbs sixteen twenty five. And this is kind of, it kind of sums up what we're talking about here is that Proverbs sixteen twenty five says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. There is a possibility that you can be successful in this world, in this kingdom, the kingdom of this world. By doing certain things, by being a certain way, by not having great high moral standards, and you can be successful doing that, but its end it is the way to death. And we want to help you to not only be successful here in this world, but we also want to be, help you to be successful for the kingdom of God, because again, there's going to be a day where we come to the end of ourself, and we realize just how frail life really is. And maybe you've gone through a difficult time, maybe you've lost a loved one, and you've had that experience where you've realized firsthand that, man, life is so short, And that it's not only important to focus on what I'm doing for my career or for my family, but it's important for the time that I have here that what I'm doing is going to last. It's going to be an eternal impact rather than just a temporary thing. And Dave, we were talking about some cheap knockoffs in our last segment, and so we were talking a little bit about shoes and, I don't know, sunglasses sometimes are one of those things that you can buy. I remember going to Washington, D.C., and you'd see all these street vendors out on the corner or out on the sidewalks, and they're selling these things in in their large jackets, and they're pulling out some fake watches or fake sunglasses, and you realize quickly that that stuff is just junk.
2: You know, what's interesting when you talk about those street vendors. You know, what's interesting to me is that they're not interested in the long term. They make their money off of trying to use people right now, mm. and, and because they realize that they probably will not have a repeat sale on those things, and and yeah. and that's how Satan works too. He is interested in using us right now because once we get into it, once we get into the drugs, the illicit sex, once we get into living non kingdom like. Once we do that, we realize, hey, that was a bummer. Mm-hmm. You know, we shouldn't have done that. And, and Satan doesn't really care. He wants to get us to the point where we make a decision that is lethal. And that's why we keep telling people that conversations save lives. And we want you to go to HopeNet360 and talk to if you're having struggles with anything. Because it's important that you realize that when a mistake has been made, it can be corrected. And we need to be able to work through it with somebody who actually cares about us. Uh, The people that are listening, Jeff, are in two categories, really. They're either a part of the kingdom or they're not a part of the kingdom. And and by that, I mean the kingdom of God. They're either in God's family or they're not. And if they're not in God's family, they will have to try and find satisfaction in the things of this world, in the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and pride of life. And and it's not going to happen for them, but that's where they need to try and find it. Those who are in the kingdom, and again, how you get in the kingdom— is by accepting the gift that God gives us. God says, "I want you in my family, I want to be your, I, I want to love you. I want you to be how I created you to be." And so He sent his son, and that's what Christmas was all about, mm-hmm. to, to send his son to take my place and to die for my sins, and, and because of his offer to me as an orphan, I am, I am able to say yes, thank you and be in his family. And if any of our listeners are confused about that, please contact a live coach and talk to him at HopeNet360 because we want to talk to you about that. Uh, but Jeff, as, as you were talking to, I was thinking, you know, I want to ask you if these people are successful in life. Is uh, Oprah successful?
1: By a world standard, yes.
2: Okay. Is Michael Jordan, the old basketball player, successful?
1: Mm, Yes and no. There were some things that I see in his life that I don't really want to follow. All
2: right, but as far as basketball goes, he's pretty successful. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback.
1: He's very successful.
2: Bill Clinton, was he successful?
1: He held the highest office in our nation, so I would say that.
2: President Obama?
1: Again, yep.
2: Okay. Mother Teresa?
1: She was successful.
2: Um, Jesus?
1: Jesus, in a world standard, was unsuccessful but in my eyes, it
2: was, was very successful. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, can you believe I put uh, Obama and Clinton and Michael Jordan with Mother Teresa and Jesus and asked if they were successful? And, and I could hear your hesitation because you're, you're trying to figure out what do you mean by that? And, and that's what our listeners need to see. Yep. We need to be crystal clear about what success is. And it isn't when we have all the things this world wants to give us. It isn't when we're, we're rich and famous, and that's not success. Mm-hmm. Success can, can come to anybody, any age range, any economic background, any color, any gender. Success can come when you and I become people who begin as a part of God's family, as a part of the right kingdom, listening to the king, and the king, our father, will be able to come and guide us and direct us into the way that we are actually meant to be. And, and listen to the world you'd be a part of. There would not be lust of the eyes in that world. And there won't be lust of the flesh in that world. You would not look at people and want to use them for yourself. You would want to help them be the best they could be. And in that, we find some tremendous enjoyment in the life that God made for us. So we have to think about the definition of success and what that means. It does not mean self-centeredness. In fact, it's the opposite. It means I'm thinking of others first.
1: You know, the reason I hesitated with Jesus on that is because in man's eyes, and this is going back to that duality kind of a thing, we can look through two different sets of eyes. Either we look through our own eyes of our flesh or we look through our our spiritual eyes. And spiritual eyes take – something that's beyond us. And it it takes really the guiding of the Holy spirit. That's one thing that we have to distinguish. And that for those who are just kind of, you're just kind of tuning in or maybe new to this, you know, looking at Jesus life, Jesus, again, in my book, he was successful, but it wasn't based on man standards. Because when you look at man standards again, Dave, I love to talk about if I would have written the Bible, I wouldn't have written it the way it was written. Because in my eyes, I see, I see Batman. I see Superman. I see if there's any kind of superhero in a story that it it, it wouldn't turn out the way that it did for Jesus, because what happened was Jesus came in in the form of the man. He worked a a normal kind of a job, worked with his parents, performed miracles, did a lot of great things, taught a lot of great things. His own people rejected him. His own people turned him away. They wanted to kill him, and ultimately they did bring him to the cross, and they, they killed him on that cross. But it wasn't, if I looked through it in my eyes, I would say, wow, if there was any Any kind of people that would understand who Jesus was, it should have been those Jewish people. It should have been his own people who said that they loved God and who said they were following God's commands and his law, and they failed to realize who Jesus was. But realizing Jesus' mission wasn't to come and take over the world, to rule it at that moment. Jesus' mission was to come and to lay his life down for us, that he could be a perfect sacrifice for our sin. And again, it was an eternal thing. It wasn't a temporary thing. You spiritualize, you realize, well, wow, it's the only way that I could ever be in a right relationship with God.
2: You're summarizing the kingdom. Uh, fight that we're talking about. There's two kingdoms. In the kingdom of this world, Jesus wasn't successful. In the real kingdom, he was, and that's exactly what we're talking about.
1: Right. So we're going to continue this conversation when we come back here in a moment. We're going to play some music, and you're going to want to keep it locked in. Again, if you have some thoughts to share with us, we would really love to hear from you, or just a story or something that, again, if you bought a knockoff product and, and you realize, wow, it just it did not last, what was the worst investment you made when it comes to just buying something that you thought was just going to be a good price and it turned out not to last? So Email us at hope at hopenet360.com. We'll be back after this break. You're listening to HopeNet Radio.
0: Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. We're wrapping up the show tonight, but not
1: too soon. We're going to chat a little bit more about this topic of having a kingdom agenda. And Dave, I'd love for you to share just some more insight on how, how to kind of put some of these things into practical application for our listeners tonight.
2: Yeah, there are simply two kingdoms. There's... God's way and there's the world's way. And the world's way has been interpreted many ways, but God's way can only be interpreted God's way. And that's why we're intentional about knowing his word. And, and we have to be careful because Satan would love to get into our lives and get us to have the truth become relevant. I mean, um, the truth to become something that's not relevant and something that can, can be twisted and spun and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. In Psalm 1, there's some very practical application it basically says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted like by streams of water. And, and it goes on to talk about he produces fruit even when there's a drought. See, the success is outlined there. It is outlined by the psalmist who says, Here's what a successful person looks like. Yeah. They they actually, and I use this psalm, Jeff, to evaluate my own life because it it says not to walk with the counsel of the wicked or stand the way of sinners and sit in the seat of scoffers. but, But the line in verse two that says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's important because when I cease to enjoy reading the the bible and and being with god it says something about me i'm losing perspective in other words when when i can read the bible and understand how life could be and and i could describe a few things like do you know that that in marriage i need to love my wife like christ loved the church i need to love those who come in my presence like christ would love them i need to make people successful i need to be honest and have my see the more i describe that the more people would be saying that's a world i want to live in mm-hmm. and and that's exactly it and I learned that from the law of the Lord or the Bible. And so when I start moving away from the law of the Lord or the Bible and, re- and say, you know, I'm going to find out from the accounts of the wicked or those that don't know Jesus, those that are part of this other kingdom. Uh, and it's interesting how it says, you know, blessed is who does not walk nor stand nor sit. Those are progressions. Mm-hmm. In other words, it, at first we're just kind of walking and observing. But then we stand for a while and observe longer, and then we actually are part of it. We sit in in the seat with them, and and that progression can be very dangerous. There is a way to do things right. There really is. And in order to get there, first and foremost, we need to be a part of God's family, a part of that kingdom, and secondly, then, we need to be continually evaluating because Satan is continually attacking us with trying to keep our eyes focused on the wrong thing. So we need to know what success is. And, and I, I promise you, I boiled it down to the simple. Success for me one day will be after I die and, and I look and, and God says, well done, and he's not going to lie. Yep. So so in order to have that happen I need to live away. It's kind of like I don't know if our listeners are football fans but in 2013 the Packers played the Dallas Cowboys and it you know they pulled that thing off. That was an absolute incredible win.
0: Yeah.
2: Do you know Jeff I have to confess and for all the Packer fans listening and I turned it off. I was disgusted with the whole game. Really? When I heard they won I thought ah, I missed out. You know, I know that principle. The game's not over till it's over, and at the end we declare the winner. Yeah. The game's not over right now. That's why the Apostle Paul could say, "I, I need to forget what's behind." I I got the year two fourteen ahead, twenty fourteen. Man, I I need to press on to what's ahead, and and we need to do that. We need to define success the way God would. We need to live in the right kingdom. We need to press on and realize it's not over until the score is up and there's no time left on the clock and then we'll know whether we're successful or not. We can't be the porridge people where we're just focusing on that urge right now or the position we're in now. The position the Packers were in stunk for the first half and, 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 and most of the second half. But eventually, they won. And that's what I'm looking forward to. And, and we talked about that earlier where you're trying to define Christ and whether he was successful or not. Well, in the end, he was. And that's where success will be defined.
1: Yeah. You know, it's it's really important to realize that we we do have this inner I guess this inner dilemma and a lot of us will tend to cover or will mask what's going on inside because we don't want to face the ugliness that's inside of us and it's it is sin but it's also just our our habits the things that so disgust us that we'd never want people to find out about us. And we try to mask them. We try to cover them up. We try to make them look pretty. You know, Dave, I don't know if you ever had a class ring when you were in high school, but I got a class ring when I was, when I was, you know, in in high school, my senior year. And uh, I had this thing of cubic zirconium right in the middle of this little gemstone in my ring. And, you know, within 6 months to a year I had to get that thing replaced because it was just cheap. And what John talks about in this in this book of First John is he's saying that all this stuff, all the successes of this world are passing away. That you can be successful. Proverbs 16:25 says it, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end leads to the way of death. And that to me says that you can be successful in this life, but what you're really putting your time and your effort to isn't going to last. It's not going to be anything that's worth anything. And if we get caught up in the treasures that this world has, again, that's all going to pass away. And so when we look at our new year, we have to ask the question, is what I'm doing, is it going to have an eternal purpose? You know, you might be in high school, you might be in middle school listening to the show tonight. and. You know, you're thinking, wow, I don't even know why I'm trying so hard in school. And I'm not asking you to to question whether or not you're doing the right thing in school. Get the good grades. Try your best. Do your hardest. But also realize that there are classmates that are around you who are in the same struggles that you're in that also need the hope of Christ. And so those who are listening tonight... If tonight you just – you say, well, if there's one thing I want to do this year that's different from last year, I want to share Christ with one of my classmates. I want to help somebody come to know Jesus because what I've known in my life is that Jesus is the only way. He's the only way to handle stress. He's the only way to handle the struggles that I have in my life. He's also the only way that I know that I have forgiveness when when I frustrate myself. I don't know about you, but I make mistakes every single day, and there are some mistakes that I make that I really do get really frustrated about because I know that I can do so much better. And yet I realize the more that I focus on how can I make myself better, the more I just become discontent with myself because I realize that in my own flesh – again, going back to that passage in First John – In my own flesh, I'm imperfect, and I'm going to make mistakes. But the good news of Jesus is that he gives us forgiveness, that when we make those mistakes, he's faithful and just to forgive us if we confess them. And so that's really the good news tonight. If you are new to this show or you're new to our conversation at all or maybe you're new to to faith in, in Christ at all, I just want to encourage you tonight. There's one thing you need to know, and that is that Jesus is real. God is real. That He has a plan for your life and it's not to harm you. It's not that he's trying to sit up in in heaven with a magnifying glass and he's trying to burn your feelers off. So you submit to him. The reality is is that God loves you with an everlasting love and that he sent his son so we could have a right relationship with God. And so tonight, I want to invite you to become part of God's family. And Dave would agree with that, that tonight, if you are not in God's family, all it takes is just for you to recognize that, yeah, you've made mistakes. It's the ABCs of Christianity. It's to admit that you're a sinner. It's to believe in Jesus and it's commit your life to following him. And that's really what it comes down to. So all it takes tonight is you just saying, God, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what you want for me, but I'm tired of fighting against you. And it's just praying and saying, God, I I surrender my life to you. I surrender my goals, my visions, my dreams for my life. And I want to have your agenda and I want to have your spirit in my life and that you can do things that I can't do. You can change the person that I am. You can take the wrong that I've done and that you can take it on your cross and you can forgive me of that. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. Wherever you're at tonight, it's just having that friend to friend talk with God then I just want to invite you to be a part of God's family tonight. And it's, a, it's open. It's available to anyone. And John three sixteen says it best. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I love that passage because it's not us in doing anything, but it's what God has done for us. And so tonight the opportunity is there for you. And Dave, I'd love for you just to share some final thoughts. If there's someone that's prayed this prayer, what would you tell them tonight?
2: please contact us so that we can help plug you into somebody that can help you see some of the fantastic things that are ahead for, for you and some of the struggles that you will face because uh, God is not a sugar daddy. He's the king of the universe, and he loves you, and as you're a part of his family, you are in the position where you can be successful. I want to close with a verse. There's one, it, it's Proverbs 18:17. The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. In the end, it will be God who determines the successful. I suggest that you love him and walk close to him and listen to him, and you will see that this is true.
1: All right. Well, we've come to the end of our show tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. Again, if you missed any part of this show or you'd like to share it with a friend, we are on iTunes. Just search for HopeNet Radio. HopeNet is one word. Radio is a second word. Also, our website, hopenet360.com. All of our past episodes are there and available, too, if you want to listen online. And, of course, connect with us. You can email us at hope at hopenet360.com. We love reading your emails and responding to questions that you have and show topic ideas and things that you would like us to cover. So connect with us that way. Be a part of our Facebook and Twitter community, if you would, and join our conversation there. Thanks for joining us tonight on HopeNet Radio. We'll see you guys online and next week.